Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back in to the latest edition of the Arrowhead Pride Report. I am Steven Serta, joined by the editor-in-chief of Arrowhead Pride, Pete Sweeney. And as you guys know, it's week one of the NFL season. Last night was opening night for the Kansas City Chiefs and did not turn out uh, the way a lot of us were hoping, Pete. Um I think we were both up very late working last night, and Mm -hmm. uh, it's a lot more fun working late after a Chiefs victory as opposed to a loss, but we got a lot to get to, and I want to remind you guys, if you're watching us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, if you leave comments, ask questions, anything, we'll get to all of that at the end of the show before we get out of here, but... We had a night to sleep on things and wanted to discuss our thoughts from the game a little bit more this morning. So, Sween, the stage is yours. Yeah, as you can see from my appearance, if you're watching on what, Steve, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter as as well, uh, we have had a quick sleep and uh, now we're back at it. But we encourage you to tweet at us, to leave a comment on Facebook or on YouTube, we'll try to address some of the things that we see come through. Certainly not good. And and I think as I'm, I'm waking up and you start to see the things that folks are saying, I don't think the Chiefs played well. I think that like Detroit, for playing a solid game, deserves all the credit in the world. I, 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 I got to stop short of just feeling like the Chiefs are suddenly in severe trouble. I, I think they played really bad last night. And because Patrick Mahomes is who he is, still put him in a position to win. But as you kind of see, like it just cannot be Mahomes only. Like I understand Marquez Valdez, Scantling, and Justin Watson had pretty good nights. I liked the the young defensive line players. I, I thought you really saw Mike Dana come into his own really good sign from Felix Enoduke Azama. The defensive unit as a whole played pretty well. I, I think if anybody going into that game said, well, the D's only going to give up 14 points, you, you take that every single time. Uh, but it, on, on offense, it just can't be Patrick Mahomes alone. Like Part of that was Travis Kelsey not being there. But you got to keep in mind, he's 33-34. How many years does he even have left? And beyond him, it just seems like the Chiefs had nobody reliable. And as bad as they played, and here's where I, what I'm getting to, as bad as they played, and as poorly as, as Mahomes looked, if they don't drop one of those six passes, if Andy Reid maybe goes for it on fourth and two rather than making it a six-point game instead uh, of a three-point game, if they don't have a, an interception into the hands of Kadarius Tony squarely in the hand. Steve, have you ever seen a pass more hitting a player in the hands that ends up in a pick six? I have not. 
Uh, And it was rough. I'm just naming a few of the things, right? And there were more mistakes. If one of those goes the other way, Chiefs probably win. It's not like the Lions came out and the Chiefs played so bad and the Lions came out and won 37 to 20. This was still a 21-20 grinded out win. And the Chiefs played as a, about as bad as they possibly could. And they didn't have Travis Kelsey and Christians. Now, I think Andy Reid said all the right things. No excuse league uh, after the game. But for me, I'm just I'm just left sitting here. It's like, I don't really think it meant all that much. We didn't think the Chiefs were going undefeated, right? We have this game against an NFC team that doesn't really matter when it comes to conference tiebreakers. This is a very clear and as the defensive players were describing it in the locker room last night, reality check. You can't just show up, say we have Pat, and assume you're going to win a football game. You actually have to play well. And now you have 10 days. That That's the unfun part about it for the fans and certainly the players and the coaches in the locker room. But I think this is like, as I wake up, and maybe you didn't feel this way last night, but as I wake up, I, I think there's a bright side to it in the sense of like, if, any, if you could pick when the Chiefs were going to lose, knowing that they had to lose a game, I think you pick week one. I know I'm trying to be positive here, but I think you pick week one because it just, I think it recalibrates the team into what they're looking to do this year. And that, to me, was the sentiment that I was getting in the, the locker room uh, last night. Like the reality check was said a couple times. Uh, Patrick Mahomes said, he, you know, he's always embarrassed when they lose. Um, I do think you get, get Travis Kelsey back. Um, potentially next week, certainly week three, but we'll see about next week. I think they, there's a chance they're, they're cautious again, but he'll be on his way back. And I, I think it just resets the mindset of, look, we got to we got to really work. And everybody's going to be grinding here for 60 minutes to beat us. And if we don't play our game, if we play sloppy, we're going to lose. We, we're, we can lose just like anybody else. Doesn't matter where the reigning champions. Yeah. And last night on the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show, like, you know, immediately after a loss, it, it's fresh. Uh, so there was a lot of overreaction on the rapid reaction show. And not really from me and Rocky necessarily, but just from the listening audience. Like, I understand you want to come away with a win on opening night. And to an extent, that loss is embarrassing because you just lost to an NFC team that has won absolutely nothing on the night that you dropped another Super Bowl banner. But I agree with you that I think that there was positives from last night that you should take away from that game. And it was just a bad performance by the Kansas city chiefs. And I absolutely believe if Travis Kelsey suits up last night and he is healthy to go that they would have won that game. And, you know, they were, I, I think you have to be impressed with what the chiefs defense did because they were playing well. They only gave up 14 total points in the game and, you know, and, and prior to that Kadarius Tony just egregious uh, miss where that leads to a pick six, like the Chiefs were in control of this game. And, and you were like, okay, the, the Chiefs are just going to score a couple more times and it's going to be over. And, and they're going to walk out of week one, one and oh. And that's not the way it happened. But we learned a lot, I think, about this team last night. And I still have all of my questions about the wide receiver room. I was hoping we would get some more clarity on that last night. And I think the only thing that we found out is that they want Kadarius Tony to be a big part of this offense. And he was absolutely awful last night. And I question the coaching decision to deploy him as much as they did when he missed all of training camp, had very little practice time coming into this game. And 
they suited him up week one and said, you're going to play a lot and you're, you're going to be a guy that we need to go to in key situations. Cause we don't have Travis Kelsey and Tony was not ready for that stage. Like Steve, but- I, and here's the thing too, with, with, with Kadarius and he's a young guy. So you got to keep that in mind, but like, what's the universal rule about talking smack? I love it. Right. But if you're going to do it, you have to play well, you have to back it up. And he was very chirpy this off season. And I, I thought rightfully so the, the giants traded him away and he was able to, I think have a significant impact on the chiefs winning the super bowl. But now you hear on the, the national stage and when you, you talk that much smack and you don't back it up, you just open yourself up. I, I think for people that come at you and he's getting it. If you are on social media and some of you guys are watching us on Twitter and Facebook. So you are, of course, uh, you're seeing a little bit of that this morning. And I, I think that, also, again, if you're looking for solaces, is a humbling moment for Kadarius of like, OK, it's fun to be on top. It's fun to talk. But like, I got to do the work. And I think you're right. And I, I want to go to the grander point about seven receivers like seven receivers is, is a lot of fun. And I, I think each receiver brings something to the table. I know that some people wish that Amir Mar- Smith Marset was here. Uh, instead of Justin Watson, that was a popular take. I hope some people backed off on on that take after seeing what Watson was able to do last night. Um, but what I'm saying is, like, it's fun to have that deep of a room. It's abnormal. It's unique. The, the Chiefs have never done it. I don't think Andy Reid has ever kept seven receivers at the deadline. And I think this about the running back room, too. By mixing and matching so much, are you preventing these offensive players from getting into a true rhythm? Because you're right, Steve. I, I think they do want – I did did want to use Kadarius last night, and I haven't dug into some of the snap counts and when he was used, how much he was on the field, but it didn't seem like he was on for enough time where you have a guy that missed all of, of training camp, as you're saying, is recently back to practice, and now you're putting him in these gigantic spots, but it's not like – he was playing X amount of snaps. And some of that maybe had to do with his injury. But I just see in the running back and receiver room, guys, checking in, checking out, checking in, checking out. Rhythm to me is real. And I'm not saying like with absolute certainty that needs to change. Again, this is one game, so we, we need to say that. But I, I raise the question. I just wonder if the Chiefs would be better like saying to Isaiah Pacheco, you're going to get 15 carries a game. Or if if they end up choosing, and and again, that's up to them. But if they end up choosing, okay, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Sky Moore, you're going to be our top receivers. Justin Watson next. Or, you know, maybe other guys prove and, and they take those spots. Regardless, maybe that rotation of three or four receivers is better in the long run than trying to, like, bring guys on and off the field. Because I just – I like it in the defensive line room because it keeps guys' legs fresh and you want that energy all game. But I just wonder if it prevents you from getting into a rhythm on offense. And – we do have the snap counts, and you're right, Pete. Kadarius Tony only played 25% of the snaps last night, whereas Sky Moore led the wide receiver room with 69% of the snaps. Uh, MBS was second with 63% of the snaps. And then it's kind of a mixed bag of, of guys rotating in. So you're right in saying, like, they're rotating a lot of guys on and off the field. And I, I know Sky Moore is catching a lot of heat today because he also just did not have an impact in the game, and he led the wide receiver room in snap counts. But I don't think that the criticism of Sky is super deserved. Like, yeah. he had the one drop, but it, it was a bad pass from Patrick Mahomes. He threw it way behind him, and Sky had to make a tough adjustment, and he just dropped the football. And then... The other one was tipped while he was trying to go up and he wasn't able to just reach out and and make a play. And those were his targets last night. Like I I do think that 
there's something to the wide receiver rotation and them trying to figure out who is the guy after Travis Kelsey, who's the guy that we can go to in key situations is going to be something that we've discussed all off season, but something that I think is a bigger red flag than maybe we were giving credit to headed into the regular season because we're just so locked in and so assuming of Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid are going to figure it out and make it all work. And I still think they will. I'm not panicking right now. I still like a lot of the wide receivers in this room. And I still think all those guys can be big time contributors down the line, but this is going to be a development thing. Like it was last year with the Chiefs' secondary and all the young players that they were deploying there. So, you know, we're used to them week one. It's like they make it easy to put up 35 points. And last night it was not easy. Last night it was not clean. And it might be like this for a little bit, but Travis Kelsey is going to cover up a lot of the mistakes. So as long as he's available week two for the Jacksonville Jaguars game, like I think the offense is going to look totally different because in those key situations where Mahomes has to go to these guys that he's not necessarily comfortable with, they aren't comfortable making plays. Travis Kelsey is going to be the guy in those situations. Mm-hmm. And we know that Travis Kelsey is going to make those plays. And I, I think a lot of these young receivers will be better for Kelsey being in the game. I thought it was a surprise for them. It was a lot of pressure on opening night. They, as a group, I think coiled under the pressure. Rasheed Rice actually is the outlier there who of the young group who actually performed pretty well. And I, I think that is promising for the future. Want to get into some of these questions, Steve. I know we have a short time here. Um, Because we're going to break, but uh, Landon wrote in on my Twitter, why can't we change the Blake Bell third and short call? I don't know why the Chiefs are not just copying the Philadelphia Eagles because they didn't, they talked about changing the rule this past offseason. And I believe, and I threw this in the AP Premier newsletter, more information at arrowheadpride.com on top. But the Eagles, quote unquote, tush push is like a 90% success rate. So if you don't want to use Patrick Mahomes, I don't blame you. If I saw Patrick Mahomes, the greatest quarterback of our generation, uh, you know, writhing in pain in Denver with his knee on the side of his leg, as he likes to describe it, I wouldn't want to use a sneak either. But to me, it doesn't matter if it's Mahomes or Bell. Use the Bell sneak, push his butt, and get the first down and give Patrick Mahomes a, a new set of downs. I, I, I feel like a lot of things in football we like to break down and say, oh, this is so simple, and it's, and it's not. This one in particular, I just feel is is different because in the Eagles case last year, teams eventually grew to know or grew to grew to like to understand that. Look, when Jalen Hurts has one yard to get, they're going to use everybody, all the skill guys to push his buttocks past the line. And even though we know it's coming, we can't stop it. And I I don't know why the Chiefs aren't doing it. I don't know why the other 31 teams aren't doing it. Uh, it's not going to be like fun football to watch. And once all the teams start doing it, they'll just finally make that a, a penalty. But that seems like a very simple solution to these third and one woes. And I, the Andy Reid trick play thing is, is interesting because I, I think it's a lot of fun when it, when they work. And that's actually a very enjoyable part of watching the Chiefs. Uh, and if Bell handed it off to Rice last night and he didn't just gain the yard, he gained like 20, which I, I believe Andy Reid had in mind. Like, let's not only get this, but let's sneak and, and gash them. It's a whole different conversation today. The problem is the third and short, fourth and short has looked so bad. Now you use a trick play that doesn't work. I think the answer is is simple. And like I said, it goes back to the fact that Eagles opponents knew it was coming and there was nothing they could do about it. I just don't know why they don't try it that that to me is 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 interesting what do you think about that steve 
Yeah, I, I mean, Patrick Mahomes wants to do quarterback sneaks again, and he has been honest about it. I saw Matt I'm Nagy. Wondering, I'm wondering if Mahomes is just going to say, Andy, I'm doing it. Like, yeah. I understand we're not you, what it's, you just called. You no. could just call that funky flip to Blake Bell or, uh, you know, an underhand pass or whatever. Uh, one of these shovels. I'm calling the sneak in the huddle. Well, and I think the, the biggest issue I had with that play call last night is that everyone knows the Blake Bell formation now. Like, if you're going to be blatantly obvious, why don't you just utilize your offensive line, which I think was great last night, and I, I thought that they really protected Patrick Mahomes really well, but why not just run it up the middle with your wrecking ball and Isaiah Pacheco and, and do that? If you're, just, if you're simply insistent on not ever doing a quarterback sneak and you're mm -hmm. going to be obvious anyways – then just use the guy who's out there looking for hits and, and ready to run people over because the cute stuff isn't working. And I saw Matt Nagy catching heat for it as if it was his call as if Andy Reed doesn't do this every single year. So yeah, the short yardage stuff is annoying, but I, I feel like that's just Andy Reed and we kind of have to live with it. But I want to get to a couple of the other comments before we get out of here. Cause we only have a couple more minutes left. Sure. Um, like Steve, let's, uh, let's let's call it five more minutes and i'll try it let's let's try to just talk about them in like a speed round i'll try to give like a one okay. you know, 30 second one minute well, take on as many as we can do from charlie rogers he'd like to know why you were at arrowhead stadium right now pete why what he would oh. like to know why you were in well, the middle of arrowhead stadium right now yeah travis is behind me making sure the grass is okay for a couple weeks from now i just figured everyone needs to do their part in, in these tough times so that's why I'm out, I'm out there for those who are listening on the podcast the background i used to have a great background i ended up moving and now i have <laughs> fake arrowhead and I, I need to figure it out i gotta get a better green screen anyway uh from night haunter on youtube despite the obvious downfalls the defense played better than expected and justin watson proved his worth yeah, I think I owe Justin Watson an apology because I have Everybody been all, does. Everybody does. all offseason. I've been like, just give Justin Ross those reps. We don't need Justin Watson on the field. Like, what are we doing here? And Justin because Watson proved why the Chiefs have faith in him. Last quick, quick rant on, on Watson Ross thing. This is this is like Madden's fault, because on Madden, you could just put Justin Ross in and bench Watson. And Ross suddenly knows all the plays. This is real like this is real life. Watson actually knows the whole playbook. He knows every single position. Ross is still being eased in because we know the complexity of the Andy Reid playbook. I'm not saying that Ross can't be somebody in the future, but that whole thing where he has to learn how to do Andy Reid's playbook is very real. Watson's reliable. He's earned the trust of Mahomes. He's been doing the Camp Texas thing, uh, the Camp Pat, uh, you know, this entire time. And there's a reason he's on the roster. Like I I just think and I I think that too I'm, this is turning off into a, a tangent of a tangent. I think that too about like the wide receiver room and not like why haven't the Chiefs drafted a wide receiver? They're picking 28 to 32 every single year. They they were trying to trade up this year for one of those big four receivers. And the, you know what the, the teams did? They said, you're the Chiefs. Do you think we're going to help you? Hang up, hang up, hang up. And they tried at other positions to trade up, just wasn't working. In Madden, you just offer, for example, trades and enough until you get to position 16, position 17, and you take your rookie out of the, the 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 pool and it just there's a there's a real life aspect that I, I i love you know i love matt and i played a lot growing up but i think that has like almost morphed our brains as as people who follow football just assume like well this has to be the chief's fault like sometimes it is out of your control and the chiefs are trying to make the most of what they can in, in the draft capital that they have anyway next one steve sorry i, I know i said i'm gonna be quick and then i just went on for <laughs> Like uh, a from Nekio Spence, you guys think that maybe getting used to Matt Nagy's scheme because the offense looked like Chicago's offense two years <laughs> ago. Um, 
Matt Nagy's scheme is Andy Reid's scheme. And <laughs> he was here for a long time before he ever went to Chicago. Matt Nagy did not drastically change the Chiefs offense. They just made a lot of mistakes and didn't play very well. No, this is still Andy Reid's offense. Like even coming into the season, and I, I love Eric Bieniemy, and I'm happy he went to Washington because I think people really need to see what he himself can do. I don't think that's fair because Doug Peterson got the benefit of the doubt. We just talking about Nagy. He got the benefit of the doubt. Eric Bieniemy, for whatever reason, wasn't afforded that. I am happy he's in position now. But like you could change the offensive coordinators. This is still Andy Reid's operation, right? In an, in an alternate universe where Bieniemy gets a job, what, two years ago, Mike Kafka is the offensive coordinator. I think they still lose last night in the same exact fashion that they did. Not to say that like Matt Nagy's job is completely like meaningless. I think they're grooming him to become a replacement for Andy Reid in the future. And I, I actually like it. I, I think that Patrick Mahomes likes Nagy. They have a great rapport. Andy Reid, or I think Matt Nagy having learned from his mistakes in Chicago and now getting this time with Andy Reid again is going to help for whenever that day comes. But, uh, and I felt like this when B enemy was here where people were trying to blame B enemy for this and that. It's like Andy Reid is the king of the offense. He deserves all the credit for all the wins, but he also deserves the credit when the offense did looks like it did last night with Kelsey or without. And that, that that's just reality to me. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And this is the last one that I think we're going to get to this okay. from Jay Thunder 79. What about the offensive line? Taylor's eventually going to get called for lining up in the backfield every single play. He was getting clowned by Hutchinson anyways. Um, I disagree with that. Um, the Jawan Taylor thing that everybody was blowing up, that there's been several documented cases over the last couple of years of him doing this when he was with the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is not a new thing. This is not a thing he gets called for left and right. Otherwise, he would make an adjustment in his game. It's something he's been doing for years, and, and it's well-documented. You can go go find plenty of write-ups uh, about Jawan Taylor playing this way. And so I don't really have an issue with it for all of the people criticizing him for it. Uh, it it's how he's played for several years in the NFL now. And overall, I thought the Chiefs' offensive line was great last night, aside from a few bad reps against Aiden Hutchinson, who's a former number one overall pick. Like yeah. They really protected Patrick Mahomes well last night. Yeah, and I think – Hutchinson's going to get a lot of good offensive linemen in the league, and he's going to be a problem. Every offensive line, to an extent, is going to need extra help. I'm not getting on Taylor for the penalty that, that they're not calling. If he has discovered a way to time this thing out where the referees are not calling him for it, then I think the more power to him. But, you know, you look at next week, right? This is now, Steve, uh, his former team. Uh, they know that he has that ultra trick of the trade, just like Patrick Mahomes has that thing where he can get a free play every so often. Uh, and I know for a fact that the Jacksonville coaching staff is going to be in the refs ear to be watching Taylor from the first whistle. So I don't know. I think there's a chance that he can have some extra eyes on him next week, especially with his former team in, in, in his ear. And so we'll see if the refs call it more. It'll become a problem if suddenly he's getting called for like four or five false starts and now suddenly you have to make an adjustment. But until that happens, let him let him use his his this skill that he has. And I, I think it's beneficial to to the Chiefs. And if the refs aren't calling it, that's not the Chiefs' fault. It's not Taylor's fault. He's 
he's like Ric Flair. You gotta you gotta yeah. do whatever it takes to win, Steve. And even if you know, even if that takes a little cheating in some people's eyes, like pulling the wool over the ref's eyes, uh, you gotta do that. Huh. And the the whole cheating thing, like this is an unfair advantage. Well, the dude never gets called for it. So blame blame the ref. Didn't help last because... night. Didn't, didn't, didn't help last night, unfortunately, for the yeah, Chiefs. Yeah, the, the the Chiefs are he's exploiting a rule and, and it works to his advantage. So I, I don't really have an issue with it, but He's Pete Sweeney. You can follow him on Twitter at PG Sween. Uh, make sure you're locked into arrowheadpride.com all throughout this weekend. We'll have plenty of breakdowns coming out, analysis from the Chiefs game. Uh, I'm Steven Serta. That's where you can find me on Twitter. As always, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review everything that we're doing here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. If you leave us a five-star review, Pete will read that on Monday's Arrowhead Pride Editor Show. But it's a football weekend. Don't let the Chiefs loss ruin it. Just sit on your butt on Sundays and, and and watch football all day this week. I'm still very excited to see uh, the rest of the league in action this week on yeah. Sunday. So, Long season. Long season. Steve. Yeah, got a long way to go. But uh, we will talk to you guys again here very soon on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. Mm-hmm.